Yo, we're back. Mentionables. Uh, hey, Colin Ryan. How's it going? Have you guys been watching uh, the new Vox Machina on Amazon Prime? Uh, I've only watched episode one, unfortunately. I did not watch it. Okay, okay. Uh, I've only watched the first episode as well. I think they're like weekly releases or something like that, and I haven't been keeping up on it. But super cool. Uh, it's right now, I mean, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up is because I saw an article... Uh, on like Google News Feed or something like that, where it has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is like unprecedented, as most people know. Yeah. So like that's really cool. It's really fun uh, for me to see things, you know, like D and D, where it's always been kind of something where like uh, awkward nerds, you know, play it in their mom's basement or whatever. I feel like is kind of like a stereotype that surrounds it, and it's really fun to see it like kind of like stretching its tentacles out into mainstream media and okay so was that originally a D campaign yes so that is uh that's critical roles campaign oh i heard you mention something about that when we were on the phone the other night and i was like i'll, I'll just leave it for the episode yeah that's pretty cool i didn't realize that yeah that's a, it's critical role that's like geek and sundry's uh youtube channel or the, that's on geek and sundry's youtube channel i think and like they're all I think all of them are like paid and professional voice actors, which really lends to the immersion of the the whole oh, like yeah. D and D campaign that they run. But I've never personally been super into Critical Role. It, it like uh, I'm not as you're talking about the podcast, right? Uh, right, Critical Role, the podcast. I mean, I th- they probably have a podcast, but I'm I'm talking of the, their uh, YouTube videos, their their uh, like web. Uh, oh, they series. have a YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, YouTube series. Well, isn't Critical Role the? Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong here, but I thought Critical Role was the podcast that had Jeff Goldblum on it. Uh, maybe spelled differently or something, but no, that's. I mean, maybe Jeff uh, Goldblum okay. played with them at one point or another. This is like a group of like six voice actors and like Matthew Mercer is their dungeon master. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have a full podcast where they do everything, like their whole campaign through the podcast. And Jeff Goldblum just joined them for like an entire season, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Uh, uh, hold up. Gotcha. Hold up, Josh. Sorry, uh, just for a second. Ryan, what did I tell you about doing research? Do your do your work. I right? Do the legwork. I, I didn't do my research. I just knew it. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just... I I just knew it. I I could be totally wrong. We're having a good time. No, that's a we're having, we're having a nice time. I'm um, scared. The the Jeff Goldblum though is a, that's a great name drop. I hadn't even thought of him. Uh, I kind of like was trying to think of a, like a bunch of you know famous people that are involved in D and D. We've talked about Stephen Colbert and his like kind of uh, uh, like uh, I don't know not obsession, but he's really into Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's obsessed. <laughs> yeah, obsessed might be yeah, the right word. I didn't want to like go overboard on it, but he got his way into a cameo in the Hobbits. I mean, come on, right? But You're uh, a nerd. you know, obviously, we're not obviously, but that you know, he he definitely is into D and D. You got Vin Diesel, uh, Mike Myers, John Favreau, uh, which was one of that course. I didn't know, and then my my personal favorite, Robin Williams. I just feel like it would have been like the greatest experience to play D and D with Robin Williams. That would have been just. Off Are the you wall. kidding me? That would have been gold. Yeah, the voice acting on that probably would have been pretty incredible. And his imagination. Yeah. So on top of, like, A-list actors and uh, and stuff, you've also got a lot of comedians. And I think it's because of the, uh, like, improv sort of um, aspect to D&D that really, you know, it, it makes, like, comedians are really good at it. Well, plus comedians are just usually, they're the class clown, they're the joker. So the opportunity, I mean... It, 
when you look at D&D objectively, like, there's a lot of opportunity for shenanigans. You've got this fantasy world where you can do whatever you want. Like, that's that's got to be funny. Right. And it's definitely definitely easy to be funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got, so, like, from Harmon Quest in particular, which ran for, like, three seasons, so you've got, like, a whole bunch of comedians, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but, like, some of my favorites, you got Ron Funches, John Hodgman, Rob Corddry, Kumail Nanjiani, Reggie Watts, a whole bunch of other people. Uh, so it's just really cool to see, once again, like, a lot of, like, big-name people that you... And a lot of those people really probably never played D&D uh, outside of this scenario. It was probably their first time, but it was really cool to, like, see them do that, and it's like, it, they're very much in their element playing this kind of silly game. Yeah, and I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the guys from Not To Mention Podcast, uh, they, they play D&D. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we have an ongoing D&D campaign. Uh, it has been a while. Unfortunately, things have just been so crazy. We've all been really busy, which is a good problem to have. Not complaining, but it has been a while since we've been able to do that. Really missing it. Yeah, plus uh, my, my D&D skills have gotten rusty. You know, I'm not staying practiced. Yeah, I definitely have come up with a whole bunch of cool new ideas with all of the, like, looking into D&D and stuff in the last, like, week or so, like... I'm excited to get back into it, and I have all sorts of new ideas, like, that I've kind of, not ripped off, but, like, inspiration that I've grabbed from other, like, people's campaigns and stories that I've been reading, you know, I'm really ready for it. But, no, I'm mainly the reason why I wanted to, you know, like, give you a whole bunch of comedians, a whole bunch of A-list actors and everything, is it just feels like, it feels like these days, it's almost like the people who don't play D&D should feel more ashamed that they don't know what Mind Flayers, Beholders, and Dro are than the players themselves for gaming. The tables have turned is what you're saying. Welcome back. This is our podcast, not to mention I'm Josh. I'm Ryan. And I'm Colin. And today I have for you the tale of Sir Barrington. You always have just some sort of tale to start off an episode. Sir Barrington. I mean that's the best way to start off an episode. This guy started, he used to be the analytics guy, the business corner. Now he's all about tales and stories. Two things can be true. <laughs> Make a bear character in D&D 3.5. DM laughs. Make a bear a rogue. Put every point I can into disguise. Prestige class as a spy to get more disguise. DM says I can't speak English. Max out bluff. By growling and gesturing, I can fake speaking a language I don't speak. <laughs> Use money to hire a butler NPC. Give him a magical item to let him speak bear. Growl. An excellent suggestion, Mr. Barrington. We really should ask the group to investigate the Black Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> Over the course of the game, be knighted as Sir Barrington, Queen holds a dinner in my honor. A guest becomes the first man to ever make a perception check that can beat my disguise. Shouts out loud, Hey, that's not a guy. That's just a bear. Man is escorted out of the castle whilst the guards apologize profusely for the indignity. We're so sorry, Sir Barrington. <laughs> Very sorry for this man's behavior. Roar. Shrug. Nice. I especially like the interpreter. Yeah, the, the butler who speaks bear. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I love it when DMs play a little more fast and loose and just let ridiculous shit like this happen because it makes the game so much more interesting and fun. So for those of you out there who aren't particularly keen on D&D or tabletop role-playing, uh, Collins used a couple 
a couple little, uh, you know, uh, what, what are those, uh, anagrams, acronyms? What, yeah, yeah, acronym. Yeah, yeah, DM, uh, you know, Dungeon Master. That's essentially, that's the guy who, like, he, he runs your story. He's the, the, he's the manager, the general manager of your... <laughs> yeah your game that you are currently playing yeah he he's directing the story telling you what's happening um fleshing it all out and making decisions on what is going or isn't going to happen and a lot of the time the dm has to really think on their feet because the players might do something that they didn't expect right yeah right. yeah you're making decisions based upon the player's choices basically yeah, he's the storyteller yeah. And one of the other dungeon masters that uh, I've recently been into, uh, that I've been watching on YouTube, he says, uh, "And I'm literally everyone else in the world." After his character, oh yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And yeah. like that—that's basically what it. they are. Uh, also, another one thrown out there was NPC. That stands for a non-playable <laughs> character, such as again, like the DM said, he's everybody else in the world that you guys aren't playing. So any character in the story that isn't you. Is an NPC. Yeah, we're educating. Yeah. Uh, you know, we might be kind of uh, preaching to the choir for some yeah, people. Yeah, just making here, sure. But we got to make sure. I don't want you to keep rambling on about DMs and NPCs and people just be like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got some more goofy tabletop RPG fun stories. Some things that we found, and I think uh, I I've got a couple personal. I think that'll come up. So, the Legend of Sir Bacon. So my players are traveling through some mountains and encounter an ogre. Among the ogre's loot sack is a live pig. They decided to take the pig with them for companionship and possible food. After a while, they forget about the pig as it really doesn't add much to the story. After slaying a dragon and looting its horde, I roll up a headband of intellect with the two spellcasters beginning or that the two spellcasters begin arguing over. What he means by I roll up a headband is he rolled for loot and he scored high, found a headband. Right. Wizard, I should get the headband as I have the most need for it. Warlock, I should get it because you already have enough intelligence. Wizard, my spells are more powerful. Warlock, mine are more versatile. Fighter, give it to the pig. Party, what? <laughs> give it to the pig and stop arguing. But, but, takes the headband from them and gives it to the pig. Pig, hello companions. <laughs> they end up training the pig as a fighter, commissioning it some armor, and now Sir Bacon is a proud and loyal member of the party. <laughs> Sir Bacon. Nice. You now have, like, two stories of anthropomorphic animals that are, like, questing I know. these parties. <laughs> this seems to be a uh, a theme here. Uh, the, the third one that I have is actually kind of along the same grain. This is from uh, Reddit. It's uh, from a user. No, oh, from Reddit. A user Never username yeah, Bird that's Cop. Weird. You don't you don't do Reddit, do you? You you're not a Reddit fan. I uh, I just found it yesterday. Oh, you you just found you just Reddit? discovered Re yeah. Reddit yesterday. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Yahoo Answers? <laughs> Never heard of it. No. Mm -mm. You should check it out. Sometime. Never seen it. So Bird Cop says, "My character died early on, and our DM let me possess my dog to keep playing." I proceeded to play as a charisma charismatic, albeit haunted, German shepherd with a katana crudely duct taped to it for the rest of the campaign. Where do you, what? Where do you think they duct tape? Where would you duct tape? That's a what I was wondering. Like, do you just like duct tape it to the torso? I was thinking the like tail. sideways, maybe, to and the it can tail? just run by somebody and like slash them. But do, what if you just tape it to the tail and then he swings it? You know. <laughs> oh, who's your good boy? boy. <laughs> shrink, shrink, shrink! <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, uh, yes, I've heard <laughs> tales of the legendary duct tape. Mm. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, tales of the legendary indestructible duct tape. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought of that. <laughs> duct tape probably didn't really doesn't really exist in uh, they D&D. Made it, but... They made it with honey and bandage wraps. Yeah, I mean, you can figure it out. You can figure it out. I mean, Get a little rope. If nothing else, the dog could just hold the katana in its teeth. I mean, it's an intelligent dog. Right. Fair enough. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I mean, think about how agile a dog is. And now you've got a dog with a katana? Yes, please. I'm just imagining, like, the dog, like, you know, like, f- fighting very, uh, very, like, really fucking well. He's really adept at sword fighting, but then, like, he goes to, like, walk through a doorway, and he's got the katana sideways, and, like, he can't figure out how to get through the doorway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. My DM has mentioned the possibility of my character's death as a few too many NPCs who can see the future, so I'm worried that he might actually kill me off. Just in case he does, and I'm not happy with it, I have some truly awful backup characters to pull out. Such as a half-orc barbarian who's basically just Shrek. (laughs) A Kenku that only communicates via a Duke Nukem soundboard. (laughs) So so the whole time he's going to be using, like, the, the voice from Duke Nukem to communicate. Uh, Paul of House Blart, Paladin of Maul, God of Justice and Mercantile. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Dude, whatever. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, yeah, yeah, Paul Blart, Maul Cop, but in D&D. Mm, uh, yeah. A gnome bard who exclusively plays Crazy Frog songs. I thought that was going to say Crazy Train. <laughs> and a teenage mutant, mutant ninja turtle, whatever that is. I don't know if turtle is like a D and D monster or something. Turtle? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's like you know, a cross between turtle. a tortoise and a turtle, right? I mean, I think a turtle still exists in D and D. Yeah, but what's a turtle? Like a war turtle? Is a turtle similar to a turtle? Is it like kind of okay? That's a bit, that's neither here nor there. It might be. What if I roll a <laughs> nat twenty? Maybe I want the turtle. I really liked how you were bringing up all sorts of strange uh, um, NPCs that are created by DMs. Uh, I've got one here that's kind of relatable where a DM created a very gentle, kind-hearted character, uh, really, you know, meek, uh, mild-mannered uh, and everything, uh, kind of an insatiable thirst for knowledge sort of type. I'm assuming some okay. sort of, like, scholar or mage or something. But uh, the player's broker to deal with the NPC... Uh, finally agreeing on a 50-50 uh, cut when the job was done. Now, they continued to use and abuse this sweet and, <laughs> sweet and innocent NPC, <laughs> forcing him to take the lead and stuff and, like, search for traps and shit. And nice. And when the NPC failed to do anything, usually, like, putting himself directly in harm's way or actually, like, harming himself if he, like, failed to, like, you know, disarm a trap or something like that, the party would then blame him and deduct it from the NPC's take. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, by the end of this whole story, the DM's just like, what have you done to my NPC? Like, he's jaded and mean now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could, like, berate and abuse an NPC into submission. <laughs> We'll keep that in mind for our next uh, our next session. Yeah, yeah, that might be a good idea. We'll use that. We'll use that. 
One of my favorite things about D&D is how clever the dungeon masters can be sometimes and how, you know, it's not always on the player to produce comedy. Sometimes the the DM can uh, really take you for a ridiculous ride. Yeah, I feel like more than not, the the dungeon master is definitely, like, trying to rein all of that in, you know? Like, there, it's like... It's almost as if their their sole purpose is to stop their players from just absolutely burning the entire world down to the ground, you know, around them. Yeah, that's pretty much their job. But I love it when they go along, like this one. Can I roll for meta-knowledge? Dungeon Master. You know what? Sure. Rolls a nat 20. Your character knows everything. That this is a game, and he's just numbers on a sheet. Oh God, he he's self-aware. Every- <laughs> yes. And he knows everything everyone else at the table is doing, but no one will ever believe him. Remember, you gave him this curse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucked. (laughs) Basically found out he was in a simulation. Uh, Along the same lines, uh, one time a guy in our party rolled a nat 20 on a perception check, but there was nothing around he didn't already see, so the DM said... You're not quite sure, but for a few seconds, it seems like you're standing on a giant's table, surrounded by five giants. Your party seems to look stiff and fake, with large papers and dice strewn around you. Then, everything goes back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I like that. That's just cool thought It's genius, I love it. Just for a moment, and then, everything goes back to normal. It's like Eldritch Madness, but dungeon... Or uh, D&D. It's Dungeon Madness. Yeah, that's dungeon such a madness. cool thought. I can't stop thinking about, like, imagining this little character, like, looking up and just being like, what? <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna skip back on over to Reddit. I have this post from user Psy Jedi. I was in a campaign with some zombies that survived from the party being level 5 to level 20. As we went, the DM gave the zombies more personality. It started with our necromancer using them as extras to play poker. The zombies got really into it and would play during downtime. They would shamble into towns to play. We gave zombies hats of or we gave the zombies hats of disguise, fooled more people than we thought it would. Some people caught on because of the smell. We had to run to save the zombies a few times. It was hilarious. They were also terrible cheaters and would try to hide cards up their tattered sleeves. At the end of the campaign, we put the zombies on their own boat with some pirate hats to have their own fun adventures. <laughs> Tough fuck. I'm just imagining, like, a boat of pirate zombies playing poker, like, traveling the seas. Definitely. I'm imagining the DM just like, ugh, this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> You're playing the game wrong. You're doing it wrong. I'm just thinking about, I don't know, like, I... the, like, them casting, like, getting them, like, seeing them off on a boat, on a ship, leaving the docks, and, like, the whole party's, like, on the docks, like, waving goodbye to the, the ship full of zombies. You know what? They're going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) But little do they know, two days later, they crashed into a reef and drowned. (laughs) Shipwrecked. (laughs) I mean, Zombie doesn't know how to steer a boat. One of the best parts of creating a character, and you know this if you play D&D, is coming up with the backstory. Because it's really more about the story than it is the fighting or the game itself. He was a druid who lived on a small island. One night, he drunkenly swore a blood oath to a traveler, but when he woke up in the morning, he forgot what it was, and the traveler was gone. He started traveling the land, trying to figure out what he promised to do while he was drunk, before failing to do it killed him. 
that's actually kind of a cool concept. Yeah, really right? intriguing. Not a bad backstory. Like, and I love that it's it's kind of like a mixture of goofy and serious. Like yeah. he was drunk and he forgot his blood oath, but if he doesn't fulfill it, he's dead. That's serious. Yeah, that's right. A, that's it is a, a little deal. goofy, but it's also like it's also kind of like realistic. Like there's nothing like you know weird. There's no nothing about that that says that that couldn't happen. You know. Well, assuming blood oaths are a real thing, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll fucking take a blood oath with you right now, bro. <laughs> what about that blood oath we made last week, Colin? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that didn't mean anything to you. Oh, shit. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we get not to mention tattoos, and they're all, like, bloody and, like, still inky. Can we just smear them up against ugh. each other? No, gross. Ugh. Oh, that's over the line. <laughs> that is. After everything in this podcast, sorry. <laughs> that was it. Triggered. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll probably have to happen someday because we all know that we're going to do that as a publicity stunt at some point. So Let's get tramp stamps and then rub it our backs. <laughs> <a bit. laughs> all right, so if, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while and uh, have heard us talk about D&D, you may have noticed us mention that we're not very good at it. Um, sometimes it's because we do stupid stuff. Sometimes it's just because the dice don't roll in our favor. We roll. Mainly because we do stupid shit. Yeah, mainly it's because we're stupid. Really? I was thinking the exact opposite. I was thinking, no, we roll awful. Like, consistently yeah, I mean, half the time awful. we end up places we're not even supposed to be. <laughs> we're trying to kill things that we're not even supposed to kill. Our DM Correct. is always like, yeah, I mean, I totally thought you guys were going to go and do this, but you just kept pushing for this, and now you're here. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Failed deception check. We're actually from HR, and we've come to investigate rumors of inappropriate behavior in this workplace. Sadly, I roll low, and after a few confused seconds... The, the bad guys screamed out, Wait a minute, we don't have an HR department! All in all, it didn't do much, but it did get the table laughing pretty hard. Edit. Also, our group name is now the HR department, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. I don't, that's a good That's a name. good name. Yeah. <laughs> Party up, HR department. They're here to fucking keep shit in check, dude. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I liked our group name, too, the big boys. Oh, yeah, the, the big, big boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicks and the big boys. Men- mentionables out there. Uh, if you're ever wondering what uh, us DeWitt boys D&D party name is, it's the big boys. And uh, we're quite, I mean, we're pretty renowned. Yeah, yeah we're pretty well we're known. Kind of, kind of a, a big, big thing. deal. I mean, we're kind of known for being goofs uh, uh, as well. But, but like still, the coolest goofs deal. you've ever met. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, every time we tried to do like a cool pose in the arena before battle, pretty sure we failed. So it doesn't look good. But but then we won the battle. But so then we always you won got the this battle. weird dichotomy, yeah. di- dichotomy di- where di- we're di- dichotomy, dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> where we're pretty badass and we kick butt, but we're also just total awkward doofs. Yeah, the the audience was it was kind of a roller coaster ride for uh, for one of our. You know. <laughs> big big uh deals uh you know you mentioned that we uh (laughs) we consistently roll or i did one of us did uh that we consistently roll bad uh which is one of our problems and i think we maybe have talked about this outside of the podcast but uh did you guys know we uh, will will wheaton (laughs) uh (laughs) we will we will 
Will Wheaton has a dice curse. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he, yeah, I've watched that tabletop enough. I think he talks about it. Yeah, so he's like really well known or notorious for rolling in, in tabletop and in D&D and stuff for rolling ones or really low on dice. Uh, yeah, like to the point where it's it's very you know, like at what point, you know, we talked about this in, in the simulation escape the simulation episode a little bit, but like at what point where things that are not probable are happening more than the probable chances of things, like at what point are you breaking the laws of math? You know what I mean? Like where there's something unnatural happening. So my next story has exactly to do with that. Uh, the username was deleted, unfortunately, as was uh, a couple of the previous ones, which is why I didn't mention it, but I just called this one Critical Fail, because that's exactly what it is. My friend has an insane amount of bad luck, like to the point it could probably be weaponized. His most recent paladin that he rolled didn't get a single stat over 18, and two of the stats are a 5. That's with the ability to discard your lowest roll. He rolls more critical fails than it is statistically probable. <laughs> the best instance of this was a rogue he was playing had pinned the woman that had killed her family in a corner. My friend loves role-playing and delivered a dramatic speech and then rolled a critical fail in finishing the woman off. Our DM is far more lenient than he really needs to be, so he gave the rogue another chance. Another critical fail. Oh, that's, the rogue oh, critical geez. failed finishing <laughs> off say, his 2 nice. HP enemy four times in a row, delivering increasingly frustrated speeches for each one. The DM finally said that the enemy removed the rogue's horns and got away. Damn. He looked up the statistics of how likely this is, and it was something like 1 in 160,000. He had to go outside to calm down, and everyone else almost pissed themselves laughing at him for a good half hour. Nice. I mean, not nice, but, like, crazy. And it, it does feel kind of nice, you know, I'll admit, like, with Will Wheaton in this story, it's kind of nice to, like relate to someone like to be able to relate to rolling low on dice oh, yeah. consistently well especially like one in 160,000 that means you're pretty special yeah like you are in a pretty low percentile yeah you are there. very special in like the worst kind of way <laughs> uh you know i i checked up on like the the will wheaton curse thing and like watched a few uh clips of him playing on critical role with like matthew mercer and stuff like that and it was uncanny. It was really just unprecedented, the amount of ones, really, specifically, that he rolled. But, it, I mean, even single digits, like nothing over 10, at least not often. And, uh, and anybody who has that problem knows you can switch dice all you want, and it's exactly, not going to help. And exactly. And, like, <laughs> you know, Matthew, the DM, Matthew Mercer, he's saying like that. He's like, here, just just for experiment's sake, like, try this one. And he's like, yeah, you're going to want to burn this after you're, I'm done with it. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I've touched it. Don't use this. Yeah, do not. And, like, Matthew Mercer even said that, like, he had, like, existential crises, uh, crises after uh, each of the sessions that he had with him. And I even saw a Q&A with Matthew, Matthew Mercer where he said, quote, I will not physically touch him. I don't want to go anywhere near the possibility of capturing what dark entity has cursed his numeric existence. Numeric <laughs> <laughs> existence. Wow. Uh, that's deep. This is from username Zfini. Svini. Ah, something like that. My barbarian had a pet chicken slash lover named Bacon Sandwich. <laughs> when like Bacon it. Sandwich died, the whole party stopped the campaign to have a chicken funeral. I created Bacon Sandwich to piss off my dungeon master. 
It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Mission success. How much money, how much like gold do you think they all threw down on that funeral? Right. Oh, a lot. That was probably a bougie funeral. Big pyre, chicken statues everywhere. <laughs> uh, I loved particularly in the comments, somebody quoted the beginning, pet chicken slash lover dot dot dot. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> weird, right? I actually kind of glossed over that due to the rest of the story. But yeah, no, that's a... Uh... That's a little bit of an alarm. <laughs> I just love that it's named Bacon Sandwich. Yeah, that is a uh, fucking epic name. This next one's from GamesRock24. I had a barbarian character. All of the best stories come from barbarians. <laughs> I had a barbarian <laughs> character. That tracks. That, that, tracks. A... that is true, actually. That's a fact. It, it is. It is. He found a blood sacrifice crystal at one point. He took it and wanted to sell it later for booze money. We ended up getting kidnapped in the night after our watch fell asleep, and my character was about to be searched. So in an attempt to save his moneymaker, I made him shove it up his ass. <laughs> our DM facepalmed, rolled a d20, and immediately started laughing. My character was immediately vaporized as a demon materialized in my asshole. He rolled a 20, causing my ass to rip, pulling blood onto the stone, and opening a portal oh to the God. demon void. What? Greatest death ever. The fuck, dude? <laughs> Poor choices. Moral of the story Poor is choices. don't put blood sacrifice crystals in your bum bum. <laughs> Man, if I had a dime for every time, you know. <laughs> Username, Dorf Druger. This is a post that reminds me a lot of everybody's favorite character in Lord of the Rings, Gimli. Well, maybe not everybody's, but I'm pretty sure... It... I feel like most people like Legolas. No, I mean, it's, it's it should be Gimli. I mean, if it's not Gimli, you're wrong. I think that's but, a hot uh, debate. I think they're, they're both, like, equally uh, iconic, but regardless. So Dorf Druger and his party uh, come upon the final boss in a dungeon. Um, it's a pretty long story, so I'm skipping to about halfway through where the, where the juicy part happens. The demon starts to give a speech about the futility of our efforts when the Dorf fighter, who's clearly had enough of grandstanding villains, just says, I bullrush him. Knock him straight off the edge. Half the party hells, yells, what? No! The other half yells, fuck yeah! <laughs> Send it! <laughs> He's already rolling dice while my evil speech sort of peters out. The monster's attack of opportunity misses, and then he grossly fails the strength check, meaning he's catapulted back by the rampaging dwarf. I hold onto the demon and ride him down, yells the dwarf player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Party reactions are basically the same. I momentarily question the wisdom of his choice, but if that's what he wants to do, fine. The cavern is deep, very deep. Nicolith slams into the ground for 200, or sorry, for 20 d6 damage. So that's six dice, uh, one to 20. Dorf slams into the Nicolith for another 10 d6, taking the same damage as the demon. Don't forget my armor spikes, says the Dorf player. I add another one d4 plus four damage from the armor spikes. The demon is super dead. The Dorf quite wounded, covered in acidic blood and guts, and now he won't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, for anyone who doesn't play D&D, it may not have been apparent. Uh, I think Holland did a good job of conveying the message, but like, that is a lot of fucking damage that is being done. Like, that is a ridiculous amount of yeah. dice that are being rolled. So I've been rambling on long enough here. I have two little uh, quick anecdotes that are from some of uh, my favorite stories, uh, mimic stories. Uh, 
so a mimic is a usually it takes the shape of a treasure chest to try and fool explorers into a trap uh it, it'll basically wait for you to check the chest and then it'll get you All right it's like a venus flytrap of dungeons it's also a couple of stories where the dms are exceptionally clever i check the chest for traps i roll low dungeon master looks like a chest me i lick the chest dungeon master the chest licks you back roll initiative <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean let why are you licking the chest like yeah, yeah <laughs> you know. why is that your next thought i love it i'm i'm fucking i'm so on board with it i'm definitely but why why like is that just like your that is that your rule of thumb running through dungeons is lick that it. you that's how you test chests is just giving them a lick <laughs> You'd be surprised he, he, what you can let's pick be up honest, from licking a that, treasure chest. That player licked windows when he was younger. <laughs> right. I check the chest for traps. Dungeon master. Okay, roll a performance check. Performance check? Okay. Uh, 17. Dungeon master. You start whistling quietly as you start tapping, poking, and, and poking, and examining the sides of the chest. It's a pretty catchy tune you picked up a couple of days ago from a bard. Okay, cool. And the chest... It starts humming along. Nice. <laughs> that was that was well done on the DM's part. Yeah, I like that. I love that one. It's like, okay, where are you going with this? And, you know, and if you're somebody who is looking at being a DM, this is a, a good uh, example for you. It doesn't have to be all serious and stuff. That is the point, is to have fun and play a game. Uh, you know, you can get really creative with that stuff sometimes. I found most of mine uh, through Pinterest. I think... I, I don't know. I, I don't like to do a whole lot of research just because for me sometimes it's like first thing I find tends to be good enough and I feel like the more digging I do, the more I get lost in whatever it is that I'm trying to find in general, if that makes any sense. You well, know? yeah, and then you lose track of the first thing. Yeah, and you know, yeah I know. I, know the I keep it pretty simple, but I did find it was like a whole list of different Pinterest shit and uh, it's starting off with who's a good boy? Context. After defeating a party of hostile barnacle-encrusted humanoids, our party is attacked by a group of eight hellhounds. Half-orc druid. Looks at his character sheet. Can I roll for animal handling? DM. Um, these are hellhounds. Half-orc druid. Can I roll for animal handling? <laughs> Checks the manual. Did I stutter? Yeah, I guess so. Half-orc druid. Rolls. 16! But I have a modifier. So 21! DM. What? Show me your sheet. See? Later returning to the tavern. DM. Okay. So this hellhound is yours now, but it has to go home now. What do you name it? Half-orc druid panicking. Uh, valid. Valid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a valid hellhound. Okay. <laughs> His role was valid. All of what he did was yeah, yeah. He, he got <laughs> so, his validation. Yeah, so it's just valid. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's insane and that, that's what I think those kinds of stories are what get a lot of people into D&D you see that and you're like okay I kind of want to play yeah, this I want to get a hellhound this one I'm not seeing a name so uh, me the DM it says so coming from the DM's point of view one of the sirens is singing to you about military glory and wealth she's getting very close to the ship the ranger responds, Can I try and seduce the siren with a song in retaliation? 
She's a siren. <laughs> you want to seduce the seducer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, sure, go ahead and roll for performance. Ranger rolls a ten with a plus one bonus. You rap about how your dick is huge and that you treat her right. The siren is uncomfortable. However, the male <laughs> siren appears pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one that was kind of similar to that, where a dude was like, uh, I licked the door. and uh, Or no, no, he didn't say he licked the door. He said, uh, I rubbed the door gently, and I say, you know you're going to open for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the dungeon master erases the door, changes the map so the door is a little bit further away, and says, the door takes two steps back from you. <laughs> In the room, there is a fountain that's pouring a blood-like lick. I drink it. What? You heard me. I want to drink it. The rest of the party. Are you stupid? What if it's poison? But what if it turns me into a dragon? <laughs> DM in the party Dude, members. Dude, amazing point. Fine. You really can't argue with that. I drank it, and it turned out to be fire-breathing potion. Party members. So what is it? Me. Frankly filling all ten of my vials with it. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. I love how the DM didn't even finish what he's saying. I drink it. I drink yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Is those impulse decisions are always some of the best. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. just so fucking amazing when you, you know, you, you just, like, without even thinking about it, making decisions. Sometimes, you know, it's really tempting to sit around and debate what you should do next, but really the best scenarios come from impulse. How to handle a wall of zombies. A rogue paladin monk and their guide are traveling to a lost city of riches dm you are stopped by a wall of about 200 zombies human paladin i lock slowly toward the wall and i start dancing <laughs> rolls a 16 some of the zombies start to dance along with you but not all of them unless you get some backup dancers human rogue i reluctantly dance along Rolls of 14. Almost all of them are dancing. You only need one more dancer. Kenku Monk rolls. Gets an 8. Some of the zombies stop due to the confusion the Kenku brought to the dance. <laughs> Guide. Fine. I guess I'll reluctantly dance along. Rolls of 12. Well, all the zombies start dancing along. After a minute, they all suddenly stop. They raise their hands up in the air, turn around, and flail as they run toward your destination. Paladin running with them. I am the zombie master! <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. Uh, this uh, this one, I think Colin saw this one. We, we, we ended up talking about it earlier, but it's still gold. So he's tied up. Now what? Barbarian. I start eating him. What? Is this a Are you going to let him do that? The rest of the party. I'll try to restrain him. Rolls low strength check. Barbarian. Nat 20. <laughs> Alright, you ate him. <laughs> Later, after our cleric revived him, and we have the informant in a cell. Barbarian. I want to eat him again. I, I, okay, roll strength. Nat 20. <laughs> okay, so you rip open the cage, and while two guards fail to restrain you, you fucking eat him again. <laughs> Just breaking God damn it, dude. Storyteller's game. 
That's uh, <laughs> uh, this one for me. This resonates a lot. Josh and Colin have seen me. I'm supposed to be this big hunk of burly red demon man. I'm a tiefling. I'm supposed to be a badass. But I just, I never roll well. Nothing works out for Time me. and time again, he ends up just... I'm like, oh, cushion. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna jump over this wall and attack. And then I don't, this, in particular, I rolled like... I think it was like four or five times. Four or five rounds trying to get over this wall to join the fight. And the funny thing and is... It was like a ten foot wall. I finally yeah, got like over a... the wall. But you guys had just finished killing everybody <laughs> the second yeah, I got over the wall. To the party. And it's usually like small small feats that you're trying to do it's not it's like a simple task that you're trying to accomplish it's nothing complex but like you just can't make it happen just can't do it yeah I, my character's fucked but this one goes along with that one time our party this was three or so years ago i can't remember what we were playing as we were all trying to swim over a river these two boys both roll the one no one wanted to save them so i decided to save them dm roll me 20 dm you save both of them. Which side? Me. Evilly. The beginning side. <laughs> boy one and boy two roll to swim. Both roll the one again. This repeated about five times when they were finally able to make their way across. By then, everyone was cackling loudly. <laughs> Dude brought them back to the beginning and was like, fuck you, I saved your life, but you're still going to have to swim across. That's <laughs> genius. So you mentioned that you were a tiefling, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, yeah, I've been. I guess I'll start by saying I've been watching a, a new show that I've been waiting till we were uh, we were sh- uh, recording this episode to talk to you guys about. It's called Ox Venture. Uh, it's, I, I found it on YouTube. There's also an Ox Venture podcast, um, but it's um, on the Outside Xbox YouTube channel, and there are you Yuku- <laughs> A UK, I can't talk today. A UK YouTube uh, channel, <laughs> and they were highly requested to do D and D. It's not what they did, um, and only the DM, the storyteller, had ever played. And they were requested so much to do it that they tried it, and it wound up being a huge success. By their like their third recording, they were doing live shows and packing uh, uh, auditoriums, and. It's really cool. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, at first, I was a little bit like, "Oh boy, these guys are like they—they're like in full regalia. They got like costumes on and stuff, like elf ears and all of this." And then the more I watched, the more I realized that it wasn't like for them to like get into character. It was like more for like a visual aspect of like entertainment and stuff. And like they're really very silly about it and everything. Um, I'm sure, and it helps people in the crowd or whatever, you know, understand that that character is an elf instead of looking at him and being like, hang on, what were they again? And it really is just more of like a quirky little like gimmick to do and everything. Uh, but they are really cool. I would highly recommend it. That's like on top of stuff that we love and listen to, like Adventure Zone and uh, stuff like that. But Critical Role, as I mentioned before. Um, but yeah, in, um, in Ox Venture, there's a tiefling and she well it was he they, their characters had changed uh, switched bodies but anyway the uh, the tiefling at the time summons a huge demon duck as a distraction to steal a key uh it was the a tiefling's choice duck. of like what demon was summoned and he decided it was a duck 
So the distraction works, and they are able to steal the key, but then they have to deal with a summoned demon duck for an hour with no way to recall it. So they're forced to then, like, <laughs> it's fight just there. kill this, uh, this demon that he summoned himself. There's uh, probably a lot of experience, though. And it definitely, uh, it, it, uh, it being a live recording and everything, it ate up some time for them and like gave them a little bit of extra content, I suppose. But anyway, just a quick little side note. Uh, you know how you guys and that we say sometimes when we roll 19 we're like no 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 19 yeah which was something that i had heard originally from titan's grave with will wheaton uh doing dungeon master and stuff and we kind of picked it up from that well i was watching clips of critical role and they said it and i'm like whoa wait the fuck is this a thing like and so i googled it and not only is it a D thing but it's also a song called 19 by Paul Hardcastle. And I'm going to insist that when we're done recording this, you guys look it up because you'll you'll definitely laugh. And huh. it's something that we never okay. realized, even Weird. though we've been saying it for years. So two final quick ones. Uh, we've got a group that was up against a frost giant. They end up slaying the frost giant. And I think there was some like aspect of them needing like some bait to lure something else in. I don't 100% remember like the, the the details, but they wound up chopping off the Frost Giant's Johnson and using it as bait. What? The, it, the bait didn't work or something, so they were then left with this useless uh, Frost Giant's fucking dick. So they, you leave it. <laughs> so you leave it, right. That's, that would be the obvious choice, but they decided to uh, take it to a taxidermist. Um, <laughs> merchant that they had met earlier what? in their adventuring took it to him asked that it be uh stuffed and after that it kind of like became like a, a fun little standing joke with the party well they decided to take it even a step further they then brought it to an enchanter to have their stuffed <laughs> frost giant penis uh enchanted with flight <laughs> oh my god fuck and uh, so they did that, and they now have future plans to enchant it with a uh, second fire spell. Um, so that will then be their flying be frost giant... giant penis of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and I think the I think the best part about it is that there was there was pretty much like mechanically there was really not much the DM could do about it because even though it was like super unusual and weird. It was all by the books. Yeah, there's no reason that they can't do that. It's the whole point of role-playing. Uh, another rogue story, which are... I think that's, like, maybe a runner-up to the barbarian stories. Barbarians are usually really good because they're, like, kind of lesser intelligence and hot-headed and, you know, a lot of brute force and stuff. But uh, I did find a lot of rogue stories, too. But these guys sent uh, their rogue in to scout ahead. So he as, as rogues usually do they're kind of stealthy sneaky and everything so he goes ahead and he eavesdrops on three bandits that they're looking for um they're discussing what they're going to do with their shares of stolen gold uh one says that he's going to use it to help his uh sick and dying mother uh, another says that he is um indentured and is going to use it to buy his freedom and the third says he's going to use it to ensure that his children aren't forced to live the same low life that he has been forced to live. And so now they say we have a rogue that questions killing bandits because he doesn't know what their life is. And that's exactly why we're talking about all this today anyways, mentionables. 
is the fact that in role-playing games, in tabletop, in D&D, you can be whatever you want, whoever you want, and, you know, ignore the the status quo of a rogue and, you know, deal with your morals or... And just create fun Yeah, or be a druid who friends. makes a, bl- a blood pact with a terrible backstory that actually seems to work somehow. You know, it's it's right. uh it's just it's a it's a lot of fun to sit down with you know we, you know for, for us we're brothers so it's fucking it's a blast to be able to sit down with friends and the three of us as family and play together. So give it a shot if you've ever wondered about D and D if you if you like acting if you, even if you're not into acting and you just want to jump in at the table like yeah even if you're even if you're really a shy person or you know like you're timid and everything like I think that if more people would be open to the idea of even just giving it like a shot or whatever I think. I think there would be a large percentage of people that would be surprised at how much they actually enjoy it when they they kind of dismiss the stigma surrounding it. We're getting closer and closer every week to being back in the studio with Josh, and I gotta say, I am looking forward to when that happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. It's uh, it's been over a month now in Florida. Yeah. Been, been over a month living the island boy life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, been an interesting experiment. Um, definitely very successful. I think we were all kind of a little worried about how that would all go down recording remotely, but everything's worked out great. You know, I had to work out some kinks, but things have been good. But I am super excited for you guys to come back home. God. <laughs> yep, definitely pretty ready to get home, get a good session in, and, you know, uh, until then, we'll just keep making shit up on the podcast, and you can catch it every Thursday at 6 a.m. on almost every major streaming service. And uh, the biggest thing that we want you to do for us, I know you like you you guys like helping other people, right? So help me by going and giving good. me a rating. It feels good, guys. Good ratings, all the good ratings. I want I want top five podcasts by next week, please. Yeah, you can also check out our Facebook. That's uh, N to M. That's the letter two M. And also check out our Instagram at Not to Mention Pod for things that are going on every week with our podcast. And don't forget to check out our website, www.nottomentionpodcast.com. And if you have any quests, comments, or concerns, you can get a hold of us at nottomentionpod at gmail.com. I'm a tiefling, and I'm Ryan. I'm a rogue, uh, drow, and I'm Colin. And I am a basic human cleric, <laughs> and I'm Josh. Straight white male human cleric. And he's the loudest <laughs> motherfucker. Don't even try and do a sneak play with that guy. You throw him in the back of the party oh, and yeah, no around stuff. the corner until you need to heal your cut. You know what I'm saying?